Hello Storygoers, and welcome back to another episode of Tales from the Cartridge, the video game storytelling podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Eric Penrod. And I'm your other co-host, Ryan Bauer. Happy New Year, Ryan. Happy New Year. Woo! We Yay, did it. We made it. 2023. 2023. Who would have thought? This is our like third, second, third New Year's with Tales. Second, second New Year's I think it's with our Tales. Second, yeah. Moving, I think so. Time is hard. Time, time is, is hard. Yeah. Time is really hard to understand. Mm-hmm. Because, like, when you're born, you're actually a year old. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, on your birthday, that's, like, the end of that full year, right? That's the that's the yeah. end of your 31st year. And then you're starting your 32nd year at your 31st birthday. It's a whole thing. It's it's yeah. wonky. Yeah. That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. We should redo that. That's really, that's really pretty messed up. We yeah. should all just... I don't... Yeah. So, really, I'm 30 right now. I'm not yeah. 31. Yeah. 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 Well, no, actually, so you're you're now in your 32nd year. Oh, I'm in my 32nd year. No, I'm yeah. older. <laughs> you're older. You're older, yeah. Yeah, when you turn that 32, sucks. that's the end of your 32nd year, and you're starting your 33rd year. You're, like, marking okay, the yeah. end of the year, but you're celebrating, like, the, it's, yeah. It's, that's, yeah, that hurts. Yeah. That, that one hurt a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, how are you? <laughs> what are you playing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I had a nice holiday. Um, I'm excited to have this weekend to recover from the holiday. It was really mm-hmm. lovely. I uh, went and spent some time with uh, my partner's family. That was really nice. Um, and then this weekend is recharging. Uh, I have some extra days off, so I'm going to just... Our house is a mess. We need to clean it a whole bunch. Um, and I'm good. Uh, as far as what I've been playing, uh, Bits and Bobs. I took the Steam Deck with me um, for Christmas. I didn't play it a ton. Um, but I just was messing around with a little bit of played out. The new, uh, map is out, which is very fun. Oh. Um, I downloaded a game called Chained Echoes. It's similar to like, um, if you played Chrono Trigger or like Children of Mana, it's like that kind of vibe, like oh. a, uh, Super Nintendo RPG, but it looks a little Ain't bit it? newer. Yeah. It's, it's got a really cool art style. I heard one of the podcast folks I was listening to was talking about it. I've been kind of wanting to play an RPG. So I, I've, I'm not very far in it, but it's very, very fun. I've enjoyed it. Destiny, this, uh, we are, this is like, we it's always like you have an on season and off season and on seasons. So we're back onto the on season, preparing for Lightfall, which is the new year that comes out in February, which we'll talk more about. Um, this season has actually been pretty good. Again, if you don't know the Destiny story, it means nothing. But if you have been like <laughs> spent the time and energy and given Bungie lots of money, it like there's a lot of really cool, satisfying narrative stuff happening that is really fun and good. And it's kind of really setting up for this big conclusion that we're heading for in the Destiny world, which I'm excited about. Um, and this season has been um, very fun. It's very it's all about uh, Rasputin, who is uh, I really like dig that whole vibe. Um, so I've enjoyed that a bunch. Um, and then after, uh, and this I actually forgot to mention this last time, Eric. After we talked about did our uh, Santa episode, <laughs> I got Doom on the Steam Deck and it plays beautifully. And I started playing through it. It's pretty fun. It's pretty good time. Good. It's it's like it is not like a horror shooter. It's it is much more like an arcade shooter. You're just like this impossible force, just like punching people, shooting people. It's very fun. I'm excited to play more of it. And I think the second one actually is on sale, very cheap, like eight seven bucks on Steam right now. So yeah. I picked that up as well. Uh, but it's very fun. Great, great little Steam Deck game. Uh, I mean, it's not a little Steam Deck game. It's a full proper game. But it's very fun. Uh, <laughs> just for the Steam Deck. <laughs> just, 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 that's for everybody. But yeah, so that's that's really, I'm sure there are other things, but it's mostly been Destiny, honestly. And then nice. some Steam Deck stuff. But yeah. How are you? What have you been playing? I'm good. I'm also recovering from the holidays. I drove, I had to drive my six and a half hour, seven hour trip to 
to back home, which is we I, when we went down, we went we left around five thirty in the morning, and it was just before the the big northeast storm that was happening oh, right before Christmas, good. that Friday before Christmas. Yeah, uh, and luckily we didn't hit anything until the very very end, the last hours when we got like like some serious snow. Um, but yeah, it was it was it wasn't too bad. Um, and you know, survived the the families and the get-togethers and the craziness of that. So that was. So it was good, but like you, Ryan, I'm recovering. I'm just have I have the whole day to myself today, which I'm really looking forward to. It's just nice to kind of just take time to myself. I'm I'm someone who recharges when I'm alone, you know, to then give that give out that energy to others when I'm with them. So it's always yeah, it's always good for me though. I I did it. I 100%. I platinumed God of War Ragnarok, and I and I say this is my this is my message to all you storygoers listening. If you have played God of War Ragnarok and did not platinum it. Don't don't think about it as platinuming the game. Think about it as getting the whole, the whole package of God of War. It is so, I feel like it's so important to to platinum this game because like there are so many more things that happen that I never would have never would have known that happened if I did not platinum. You don't need to know these things that happened. You don't need to you know. I don't think you need to have this this knowledge, but it really wraps up the story. The last thing you do in the game, or at least the last thing I did in the game, to kind of wrap it up because it was the most significant thing really just left the game in such a perfect way that I felt good letting it go. You know what I mean? It was, I, I can't, I cannot like advocate enough. Please, please, please go, go beat the game. It's not as hard to get all the Ravens and get all the stuff as I thought it'd be. It just takes a little extra time, but it really is just, it's, it's so worth it. Please go do it for yourself. (laughs) If you want to, um, (laughs) now I have the platinum bug. So I looked through my list and I'm really close to getting the platinum on Sifu. So I went back and started, getting the trophies for that. I'm like, I think I'm at 85%. So I might try to get that really quick. Um, and then uh, just like sometime between last night and this morning, I, I threw on Pokemon Violet for the first time and started playing through that. So uh, I chose the, I, I really don't like the stars that much in this game, but I chose uh, Springatito because I think Springatito has the best evolutions in the game for the starters at least. Uh, and I named it Basil. Because I just it's a feel, good one. I realized, yeah, thank you. I realized growing up that I never, I never nicknamed my Pokemon. I was uh, very so adamant. I was never gonna, but I feel like I, I feel like I should have. It give them a, a, their own identity and personality, not just Squirtle. You know what I mean? Even though it is a Squirtle, but I think it deserves. It. So now I'm making sure everyone gets a, a proper <laughs> name. Yeah. Right. Except for the legendary guy. He's 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 one of one of a kind. He's a, one legendary. Yeah. yeah. He's one of a kind. He doesn't yeah. need a name. Right. He doesn't need a name. But Basil needed a name. Mm-hmm. It wasn't to be oregano, but then I was like, I don't want to be like a weed thing, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh, actually, I thought about hemp as well. I thought hemp was kind of fun, but That's no, I went one. with basil. Basil's basil, good. So. Basil's I, delicious. Yeah. I had to type in uh, Italian seasonings into Google to get some ideas. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked. I found basil. Yeah. So, Parsley uh, was the excited. first thing that came up. I, oh my god, no. That would have been a great name. Parsley yeah. would have been so good. Yeah. I actually love Parsley. Great, but Parsley, yeah, was Thanks. Well, so now I feel I gotta go start the game over now. <laughs> no. I, po- I, I feel like every Pokemon game, the, the intro gets longer and longer, and I, I just absolutely refuse to restart that game now. Yeah. I just, there's no way. Yeah. Um, and I've realized, I actually, Ryan, were you, did you play Pokemon a lot as a, as a kid? I did. I played, up? the game I played the most was Silver. Um, but oh, I played, so I played I quite silver. a lot of Pokemon. Yeah, I played a ton of Emerald. 
after Emerald, I would kind of dip in once a year to play through it a little bit, but not not for a super long time. And then by Black and White, I was like completely out of it. Do you remember as a child what types of Pokemon were your favorite? Yeah, I always did the Fire Starters. Almost always did the Fire Starters, and then I really liked the uh, like Ground type as well quite a bit. Oh, interesting! Um, yeah. I never thought that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, big fan of Sandrew. A... Uh, Sandrew is a oh, Sandrew is great. Uh, ground type Pokemon. That I was a big fan of, and Dragon types because Dragon. Yeah, Dragon. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. My tastes have changed over time. I'm realizing. Like I used to love. I was always the Water type, Squirtle and Totodile, my boys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, though I love all the first two generations. All the starters are fantastic. I love every single one of them, um, and of course dragons as well. But now I'm realizing I'm getting into the ghost types a lot oh, more now. There's some, they do some cool know. stuff, yeah. There's some really cool ghost type Pokemon. I'm all about it. Yeah. Isn't there like a ghost dog now? Yeah, and he's really strong. Oh, if, cool. if your whole party... He has some move. I forget what it's called. But if your whole party is faint, has fainted and you use this move, it buffs him like 300% or something ridiculous. And it just becomes indestructible, basically. Like it's way <laughs> overpowered. Cool. I think he's been banned from from like professional play or yeah. whatever. Uh, so it's pretty, it's pretty cool. But like... Uh, I, I I say this, and I think it's going to kind of hurt people to hear this, but I've been sleeping on Gengar for so long. Gengar is, is really cool. It's a really cool Pokemon. Yeah. One I did not appreciate as a child, because let's be real, when you're, when you're children, you're just dumb, right? I mean, yeah. like, and you're just not smart. And that's not a thing against children. It's just you're not wise to the world. But now, I, as, a, as, a, as a grown adult, I have matured enough to realize how cool Gengar is. And so... That's my that's my message. But also, Dragonite's very cool because yeah. Dragon Pokemon are the best ones Dragon, in the game. Let's yeah. be real. Lance, remember Lance the the trainer? Oh yeah, Lance was the best. He was cool. He was so <laughs> Lance cool. Lance was very cool. Yeah. He had a cape. Uh-huh. He did have a cape. <laughs> and he, and he, and did no he have, apologies. Like, he just wore. Hair? Did he have spiky yeah, hair? Yeah, he had spiky yeah. red hair. Yeah. Yep. He had no apologies. He just no. rocked the game. He's actually, I believe, I don't watch the TV show. I just I, I hear about it every now and then. I believe he was just in the recent season with the whole masters fighting each other and he lost oh, wow. okay. <laughs> i know the first the first master and uh the first uh whatever you call him elite four guy what was i don't even know what his title was whatever i'm talking way too much about pokemon <laughs> story goes <laughs> story goes we hope that you're doing well we hope that you enjoyed our last episode of the game of the year and what we picked we went through all the game of the award game of the year award categories and uh kind of talked about what their choices were why they were probably wrong and why ours were right as usual uh, not that we can never verify that, but you know. Uh, and we hope you're doing well. Happy New Year, like we said. As always, email us your thoughts, feelings, and or perspectives to talesfromthecartridge at gmail.com. All of the E's are threes. You can also find us on social media on our Instagram. Twitter is dead to us, as is our account there. You won't find us on Instagram or on Twitter anymore. Or you can call or text us on our toll-free Tales from the Cartridge phone number at 207 494 Four three three four, and we will listen to read any and everything that you send us on the show. Whew. Also, also, because I always forget to put this in the document, we have a Patreon. If you would like to donate a dollar a month to our Patreon, we are slowly trying to put in more and more scripts for you. Uh, oh, Ryan is updating the document. Thank you, Ryan. If we're trying to, to upload as many documents of our uh, scripts onto there for you guys to enjoy, for people who enjoy script reading, uh, we're uploading all those on there for just a dollar a month. We're slowly trying to add more and more as we go. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that's uh, something that you're interested in. And it really helps us grow. And, and uh, I mean, you, you hear all this stuff all the time. I'm sure like every single person on whatever platform that says their thing is saying this. But we, uh, you know, we really appreciate all the all the stuff that you do for us. So thank you. So uh, Ryan is, is typing something really fast. Is trying to 
the warm feeling of support. Oh yeah, yes. Okay, so Ryan, you are right. Uh, you by doing by supporting us, you give us the warm feeling. You give yourself the warm feeling of supporting your favorite podcast. For forty eight of you, we were like one of your favorite ones. So that's pretty cool. So you know who you are. We're not pushing you to donate, but that'd be pretty swell if you did. <laughs> no worries though. All right. Today's episode, Ryan, I've been talking way too much. No, I, I it's great. Too much. It's great. When, I, when, I, when I'm the one editing the episode, I hear myself talking all the time. I'm like, oh, oh, shut up. <laughs> Where's Ryan? He needs to talk. I can't listen to myself anymore. Oh, no. Uh, Ryan, would you like to talk about, <laughs> would you like to talk about what we're doing today? I, I would love to, Eric. I would love to. So we actually, we're going to throw this on the end of the last episode, but it was, we'd, gone, we'd waffled on too long. So we were going to make it its own episode. Waffled on too long. Yeah. What is that? Is that a thing? Yeah. Is that yeah. Heard, I'm pretty waffled sure. On? Waffle on. Yeah. To waffle on. <laughs> no. Hold up. Sorry. Yeah, waffle. <laughs> to waffle as a. It would be a verb. Right? No way. Uh, verb. Waffle's a verb? Talk foolishly without purpose. Idle time away talking. Yeah. To waffle. I... I, in 31 years of living on this earth, I've never heard of a waffle being a verb. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> it's Google I can it. Think of like, I, I waffled that up, like I ate it really fast. It was probably yeah. like the only verb I would ever think waffle would apply to. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys, if you learn something here, all right, how about this? Okay, here, I'm going to be one of those annoying people on, on who's putting out. If you didn't know that waffle was a verb, please go rate us five stars. That would make my day. Yeah. <laughs> All right, anyway. Did not know that thing. Ryan, please continue. Yeah, yeah. Job. So we, we waffled on too much, and so we, we had to make an, a whole episode of the games we played uh, in 2022, and then what we're excited about for 2023, both from a story perspective and just because we're people who enjoy games perspective. We'll get into both of them, and we would also love to hear about what you guys are excited about. We'll talk about that at the end. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start off with what we played and what our favorite things of this year were. I think we we're going to pick three of our favorite games from this year that we played or that came yeah. out this year and we played this year. Because some of the games, at least on my list, did not come out this year. They came out Same. years ago. But the three that I've picked came out this year. And one of them, I think only two of them are, are story driven, I believe. And you're, two of yours are too. Perfect. Great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wonderful. Well, one of yours, we could say that it was kind of story driven in a way that it was really... It was really just a special situation with two good friends. That <laughs> it's true. There was a story. There was a story. Forging our own path. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Creating our own incredible uh, restaurant franchise. Mm. Yeah. Uh, do we, Eric? Do we just want to like go through the list like rapid fire? Do you want? How do you want to? Do you want to like take our time? I think. And like. No, let's just go rapid fire. Cool. I feel like you know. Then we'll go into the into our other topic. But yeah, I think we just, we should take a moment to kind of go through all these okay. things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And we can stop. We can stop. But any ones we feel like we need to talk more about from sure. a story perspective, I feel like is good. Yeah. Or any perspective, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so these games are in no particular order. They're in the order of me remembering them and putting them in this list. So just keep <laughs> that in mind as well. Uh, so games that I played this year, and I'll stop at the ones that I think are, are narratively interesting, and we can go from there. Uh, Surviving Mars, Buggos, Chain. Echoes is the game I just talked about that I'm playing now. Raft, a really great game I'm playing with friends. Tunic, this game that came out so early in the year that I've completely forgotten about it, but was a really incredible, wonderful game mm-hmm. um, that did, had this really cool trick to it that uh, everyone should experience. Uh, the Return to Monkey Island, probably um, right at the like the, the very bottom of my game of the year list. Um, not because it wasn't incredible, because a lot of their great games came out, but this was such a... If you've never played monkey island it's a good game if you've played monkey island it's it's just 
it, it scratches this itch that I think hasn't been satisfied by other point and click adventures. It has this incredible humor that feels really genuine and like you're just picking up where Guybrush left off, but then does some new things. Really wonderful game. I really suggest um, checking it out because it's it's really charming. Uh, probably the most charming and wonderfully um, sweet written game that I played this year. Uh, v Rising, Vampire with Friends, Symphony of War. Uh, basically, I was wanting to play Fire Emblem. It's kind of like Fire Emblem. Uh, <laughs> Rogue Legacy 2. Rogue Legacy, uh, really important game in the rogue genre. Uh, it was very fun. Grounded, played a bunch with friends. You're tiny. Stacklands is like this <laughs> little, this little tiny uh, mini game where you just like are uh, town managing, but with cards. Played up. We'll talk more about played up. I love played up. It's like mm-hmm. overcooked, but like with roguelike elements. And I love it. it's very, very fun. Um, great with friends. It's made by a single man. Um, and it has so many wow. cool and interesting things in it. They keep adding more stuff. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, I, I love played up. Satisfactory. This game came out years and years ago. They keep adding more to it. It's kind of like Factorio, but 3D. Vampire Survivors. This, if there was like a top five games of this year, Vampire Survivors is like number four. I love this game mm. so much. It is so interesting. It is so simple. You can play it on your phone now, and it is like perfect for the phone, and it is free to wow. play except for like you you can watch an ad to get revived, but that's the only like. But really, if you're if you're reviving, you probably are gonna die immediately anyway, so it's not really worth being revived. It's a whole thing. But uh, <laughs> Vampire Survivor is a really incredible game. Super basic. Um, probably the most fun, mindless game you can play. Two Point Campus management game case of the old idol it is a phenomenal mystery game similar to Oberdin. loved it a whole bunch aperture test job steam deck portal game destiny 2 played it a whole bunch the there's a new witch queen doom talked about it a little bit horizon forbidden west before god of war ragnarok was like the big story driven game that i played this year i really enjoyed lots of it especially the las vegas side quest but I think God of War Ragnarok does narrative in every way better. Teenage Wonderland, fun co-op game. Didn't have the same Borderlands charm, but it was still fun. Cult of the Lamb, we've talked about. Stray, I played only a tiny little bit, but a very fun game. Lego Star Wars, fun. Lego game, a little overwhelming for me. The Stanley Parable, they came out with a, like a Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe Edition. If you've never played the Stanley Parable, it is this really interesting, charming game where you are moving through a world and a narrator is saying like, Stanley goes through the left door and two doors open, the left or the right door. And if you go through the right door, he says something different and the narrative changes. And they just released like an ultra deluxe edition that adds like a whole second half to that game that is like wow. reflecting on and speaking to the first game. Like there's a whole section where you're walking through like the, a hall of reviews where you're just reading people's Steam reviews who are trashing this game. Like, hmm, that's interesting. They have a point. I really like what they said. So like, like it's in conversation with itself in this really smart and interesting way. It's such a smart game. If you played the original Stereo Parable, if you didn't, it's like like nothing else. Uh, really fun. Fallen Order, I played, I think, in January. Really incredible game. Uh, excited for the next one. Disco Elysium, uh, a whole a big reading game, uh, which is really weird and interesting. It's like a murder mystery, but like your character was so drugged up and drunk, he doesn't remember who he is. So as you make choices throughout the game, you actually change who he is. It's a game where you read a oh. ton. This this would ha- I played it on Switch. I think outside of handheld, it, I can't imagine sitting in a computer and reading for five hours, but on handheld, it feels fine. I'm sure I missed things, Eric. I said probably too much about too many of them. But those are all the games I played. I don't know how many it was. It was a bunch. Some were very, very good. Some were also good. Some weren't as good. 
those are all the games. I, I feel that. I feel that. The games I enjoyed the most this year were Ragnarok, Case of the Golden Idol, and Played Out, with probably the fourth one being Vampire Survivors, the fifth ones being Horizon Forbidden West, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything mm-hmm. else was fun, but for different reasons. Yeah. I, heard, I, I don't know anything about... I don't know too much about Vampire Survivor, but I did read, I did see an article. I didn't click on it, but something about like I think it was IGN asked the creator of the game if they'd ever actually incorporate real vampires into the game. Yeah, because there's so no vampire, not real vampires. There's no vampires in the game. Yeah, that's the that's, what? That's the joke. Uh, essentially, you fight. You as a player are playing a survivor of the of vampires. The reason is is when the guy made the game, he just used like assets from like a Castlevania game. So yeah. he then called the game Vampire Survivors, but there's not a single vampire in the game. You just fight hordes of other monsters. But yeah, it's very funny. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So weird. Yeah, because he just uses free assets that he could get uh, from, like, free 8-bit assets from different uh, websites. And he got, like, a, a vampire pack that didn't have any vampires in it. That's so funny. Good for him. I mean, good for him. Smart. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. made so much money off it. Oh, I mean, yeah. It's, it's wild. Yeah. Jeez, Eric, uh, I've said all my games. Let's see. I'd love to hear all the games that you played this year. Tell me everything. I, I don't have as big of a list as you. That's okay. Um, I feel a little insignificant <laughs> in that regard, uh, but I will do my best to <laughs> try to match, try to match your energy with rapid fireness. All right, here goes. Uh, poke, and, I, and also with mine is not in any particular order as well. And I'll talk about the my big ones at the end. Uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. I just couldn't get into it. But I think Violet's better. Uh, Sifu, really loved it. Road 96, I really love the idea of it. The graphics kind of held it back. It felt really janky to me. But I love what the whole, I love the gameplay aspect of it. It was a lot of fun. And the and honestly, the story perspective is really fun too because it just kind of procedurally generates this this story that no one's stories are probably the same. Uh, Raft, because we just enjoyed Raft. Raft's fun. fun time. Overcooked 1 and 2, which no story there, but it's just a lot of fun playing with someone. I played with my girlfriend and, and we just had a blast doing that. Our story in that is that we just both get frustrated and also very happy with one another. <laughs> so that's really the only story involved with Overcooked 1 and 2. Uh, Stray, I still have not beaten it, but I really want to. I feel like there's a good story there. Uh, Mario Kart 8, again, just such a good game. Played Up, we've talked about Played Up, it's so good. It is made by, like Ryan said, a single man. Hopefully he gets into a relationship soon. That's my, that's my one job. <laughs> <laughs> that really uh, Rumbleverse, I was really into Rumbleverse for about a week. It was like kind of that weird weird game that kind of scratched an itch in between games. I forget what game I finished uh, before Rumbleverse, but it was kind of that weird, like... Uh, like Fortnite kind of at like a battle royale game that you know just kind of played to kill time. Tunic, I didn't beat it, but I got like probably a, a quarter of the way in. I really liked it. I just like <clears throat> I just suck at Metrovania esque games. We have to go backwards and find puzzles, and I just I can't. I'll get back to it one day. Uh, Cult of the Lamb had a lot of fun with that one as well. Though I feel like every choice I made as a cult leader was probably not the best one. Everyone was eating their poop. It was weird. Uh, Overcooked uh, or Overwatch Two. Uh, I I really was in Overwatch Two the first season. Now season two's out, and I've totally fallen off. So that sucks. Uh, God of War Ragnarok. We talked about that a whole a whole ton. And of course Pokemon Violet. And my my three this this year for 2022 are played up because it's just so much fun to play with some other people. I really want to come out on the Switch so bad, like so bad. Ugh, I want it so bad on the Switch. Sifu, because Sifu was just that action-adventure, not-fighting game that I was really craving. <laughs> uh, short, and but but really good. The story was very subtle and mysterious, but I loved the twist in it, and the story was great. You can listen to our episode on that if you want to. And then, of course, God of War Ragnarok. Honestly, I just, again, I, I, I don't... I was watching someone play Elden Ring this morning, and I just, I, I guess I still can't... I guess I still can't understand the perspective of how 
it's better there or one game of the year over God of War Riding Rock. I just definitely from a narrative perspective, but just whatever. That's just me. You know what I mean? I'm just kind of stuck on that. Still processing that yeah. still. Um, we'll see how Pokemon Violet goes with story wise. I don't know if it'll be the greatest story. It probably won't because it's not really about that. But um, but yeah, that is my that is my 2022 list. I'm hoping that you know my 2023 list will be more will be bigger and full of more uh, more uh, impactful story games. Which is a, per- a perfect segue, Ryan, because the rest of our episode yeah, that's right. is us discussing the upcoming 2023 games and the ones that we're super stoked for. And I think looking at all of these, uh, we're all stoked because I think they're going to be really good stories. These are going to be great I agree. story games. Some may be I'm a really little excited. bit more wild than others, but good story games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, I think there's going to be a lot of good stories this, this coming year. I think... And like someone said, I think I watched, uh, I forget what it was on YouTube. I watched some video on YouTube. Someone made the point that like 2023 is so stacked because a lot of them got delayed because yeah. of COVID. Yeah. yeah, pushed back more and more. So 2023 is really stacked right now. And granted, knock on wood, none of them get delayed. If they do, then it's necessary. You know, delays are delays are a good thing. Um, <clears throat> they give you better games. But hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully all the games are great and ready to go when they need to be ready to go. So um, but no, we're, what Ryan and I are going to do now is go through our list of games for 2023 that we went through that we identified, all the ones that we're excited for. Um, so I guess we'll, let's just jump right in. Yeah. Is it okay if I take the first one? Please right? do. You, okay. I think this is your game, so please jump right in. I, I hope so. Now I feel like I need to, I, there's no way I can't get it. You know what I mean? But this will be a lot of embarrassing moments I play Dead Space, the remake. I'm really excited for Dead Space. Um, I... I was excited to play Callisto Protocol until about a month before it came out, and I don't know. It just totally fell off. It's sad because the people who made Callisto Protocol made the original Dead Space, and now I feel like the remake's going to overshadow Callisto Protocol, which is really kind of sad and really kind of you know. And plus, there's some weird microtransactions for Callisto Protocol that I just did not agree with. So I will I will probably wait till it goes on sale, unfortunately. Um, but Dead Space the remake is looking amazing. It is it. Why Dead Space is such a amazing game to begin with, the, the original, is that I personally, I've said this before, I love games that take normal people and just put them in awful situations and they have to grow and adapt and change and, and, and become better to survive. And that is what Dead Space is. Isaac is a character that he's a simple engineer trying to make sure that his girlfriend is okay after she leaves a really cryptic message that seemingly is good, she's going to end her life and he needs to get to the shit that she's on in space to save her only to realize that it, the ship is just overrun with these monsters for lack of a better word even though they're way worse than just monsters um it looks insane it looks crazy when they first developed dead space they were like they looked at like car victim accidents uh like victims of that and like how mutilated bodies could be to like as inspiration for these like monsters and so and that was what back in 2009 2008 2009 that game came out so the graphical limitations back then like it's gonna be wild to what it is now. What you, you see these necromorphs be like, like just how they look is gonna be insane, and the atmosphere and everything about this game. I hope they expound it more. I hope that Isaac never talked in the in the original game. I don't think he's gonna talk now, but I really hope they have some kind of twist here that really brings the, the world more to life. Really brings Isaac's really brings Isaac as more as a as a character to connect with because he does such a they do such a good job with that in dead space 2 he becomes more of a character that you hear he has a lot of more emotions you see him talking more and i really hope there's an element of that in dead space um and that's definitely a game that we will be covering on this on this podcast eventually i'm really excited for that so yeah i don't know ryan do you have any any possibility of playing dead space probably not no eric uh i'm too <laughs> scared 
But I'm excited to talk with you about it. I think it is a game mm. because uh, Dead Space was a game that like was never on my radar because there was no way I would touch it. Then we played Dead Space 3 together. And yes. then I went, kind of went back and like looked up all the lore and figured out what's going on. And I really enjoyed that. So like it is a world that I enjoy, but it's not a game yeah. experience I enjoy by myself. Um, <laughs> uh, but I'm excited to hear what changes from it and how they, how they adapt this kind of beloved game. All right. Well, then the next one, Ryan, do you have any connection with the I next one? No, or yeah, yeah, please, please jump okay. on this one. Yeah. Sorry, story grows. You're going to hear me talk a lot. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the next one is Atomic Heart. Atomic Heart is a, it's kind of like a, a Russian Fallout-esque kind of game. So like it takes place in, I believe it takes place in Russia. The story is really kind of secretive. I don't really know a whole lot about it, or I just don't know a lot about it, which is also the case too. Um but it's very kind of it just looks like a, like a much more polished and much more Russian centric Fallout. It looks really disturbing, really kind of creepy, um, but has that Fallout like RPG kind of element where you're talking to people and I think you make choices. It just looks very interesting, very kind of scary, very kind of like mysterious, and it just it looks like it's going to be a really good video game story to jump into. I'm I'm hopeful. I don't know a whole lot, so I could be very disappointed here, but um but I'm trying to keep my expectations low. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about Atomic Heart. It's been in production forever, I feel like. I feel like there's yeah. been videos on YouTube about it as it's been in production for so long, but um it's finally coming out and I'm I'm very hopeful. I'm very hopeful. Ryan, I think the next one is all you. Yeah, I will jump is, into I, the I'm next one. To hear more. <laughs> so uh the next uh, as you all know, I play a bunch of Destiny. The next Destiny yearly expansion, the Destiny model works is there's a yearly release, and then there are seasonal releases throughout the year, usually three or four of them. And the big yearly release is coming out, and it is Lightfall. So this is like the second to last in this like saga of Destiny. And I'm really excited because the look of this season is very, very different. It is very kind of synthwave, futuristic. Essentially, the story cool. is... A colony ship crashed on Neptune, and they built this, like, future, like, world, like a cyberpunk-like style world without the... Because they've been hidden. They weren't attacked by the Fallen. They weren't attacked by the Vex. They had no, like, darkness that had ever penetrated them, so they were able to continue to grow throughout the collapse, which all of these verbs probably mean nothing uh, if you don't know Destiny. <laughs> um, that's okay. Um, and you're going to this world to check it out and um, fight some cool new bad guys. And the big bad guy of the whole game, the Witness, is, like, attacking this city. Um, and it's going to be very, very cool. And I'm really interested to see. They've been kind of building towards these kind of two sides. On one side, you have, like, the Guardians. You have the Elixni and the Cabal. And on the other side, you have the Darkness, the Witness, um, which the darkness isn't really bad anymore. It's very confusing. But you have the witness, <laughs> and then you have Callus uh, leading a bunch of evil cabal, and then you have the undead fallen, the um, who have been resurrected. Uh, and it's it's like this. It's building towards this big final battle, and this is like one of the battlegrounds where the last battle is going to be fought. And there's a lot of narrative payoffs that I'm really hoping are coming. And one of the things that I think Destiny has struggled to do is capture that narrative impact that Forsaken had. If you don't know anything about Destiny in Forsaken, when they killed off one of like the very important core characters to the game, Cade Six, and when they killed Cade Six, like the entire narrative kind of snapped into place, and there was this like really intense drive. And I'm hoping they can recapture that. Um, and they've been building a lot of interesting narrative threads. I'm hoping they can they can pay off. Because um, they're getting down to the wire. They're getting down to the point where things are going to have to come to a big end and change. And this is like the the 
the step before that. The next next year will be like the final shape, the last expansion of this saga. So I'm curious to see how they get there. Yeah, and then they'll. Do you the, do you think there'll be Destiny three? Sorry, didn't cut off. No, that's a really great question. I don't think there will be a Destiny three. I think they're gonna what they're gonna eventually do is take the two off of Destiny two and just rebrand it as like Destiny the experience. I think yeah. they wouldn't have made <laughs> Destiny. They they had to make Destiny two because of a contract they had with Activision. If it wasn't for Activision, they would have just keep kept making Destiny stuff because Destiny two wasn't successful. Like it it almost bankrupted in like February after it came out. Um, and when then they and then when they switched to the seasonal model and they released Forsaken, it kind of saved them short term. And now they're they're doing fine. Um, but yeah, it it. When, when you release a Destiny 3, if you take away all of the weapons and the places and the things that people have been working for for like 10 years, they get grumpy and they don't want to play your game, um, which is kind of what happened from Destiny 1 to Destiny 2. Um, and that was only like a two or three year lifetime. And now we're looking at it five or six years. Destiny 2 has been out. So they will probably, after the final shape comes out, I think they will either rebrand or re-release or kind of completely change the game in some way. And that's probably when they'll like add fallen guardians and add hive guardians and stuff like that, because they've already created narrative reasons why that that can happen now in the game. Um, Essentially anyone can be brought back by the the traveler as long as um, the traveler deems you worthy or thinks you'll be useful. Um, So like there are all kinds of weird stuff going on there. Yeah, really interesting. It, it, Destiny is a game that has been around for a very long time. I'm hoping it sticks around for a long time. They're doing pretty well. I think on the looking at Steam, it was still one of the best-selling games of last year, at least most concurrent players. Wow. So it's doing well. I mean, obviously, it, it, it that is not taking into account a bunch of other games that aren't on Steam. But it's it's doing fairly well, and I hope they continue to do well. They've been making some good choices and some bad choices. But I'm, I'm excited. Every year, every time when the new yearly release comes out, it's really exciting. And I think they're going to have to change things up because people are getting kind of sick of the seasonal model they've been doing. Um, they're getting mm-hmm. kind of burnt out by it. So I'm curious to see what they change. And they're also, like, adding a bunch of, like, quality of life stuff. Like, you can have loadouts. You can... You don't have to, like, grind for mods anymore. There are... There is like matchmaking. There's LFG in the games. You don't have to like go to a, a secondary space to play with other people. Like they're finally adding uh, that stuff into the game that probably should have been there for a very long time. Um, they're yeah. making some like really good moves to where I think in the next two or three years maybe it will be welcoming to people who don't play Destiny because uh, right now it just, <laughs> it just doesn't. Yeah, I'm very excited about Destiny. I love Destiny a whole bunch and I really like the narrative. I think similar to some other games, the narrative is. Is more on the forefront now than it ever has been, but still takes some investment to figure out what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I would never, I would never, even when I played it with you guys and you played with our friends, I still had no idea what I was doing. I mean, what, the, what, the, what we were doing, why we were there, I just wanted to raid with my friends. Yeah, so I mean, it'd be cool. Yeah, they've done a much better job where, like, each week, how seasons work now, each week there's a new, like, story mission. So every week you get mm-hmm. a story mission. And now, like, they're really, like, you're hit over the head with the story. You you get like a every other week you get like a a short video essentially like a short cut scene of something that happens. Um, so they've uh, they've done a better job, but it is still kind of all a bunch of nonsense. Yeah, yeah. So do you think in this new synthwave city you're gonna be walking around and all of a sudden you turn around and there's like Keanu Reeves with a robot arm? Maybe. He's like, 
Hello, Samurai. (laughs) Yeah, and they're like adding a new subclass with uh, grappling hooks, and you can grappling hook onto anything, including other players. So, like, Titan. (laughs) That's obnoxious. Yeah, like, Titans have a a super where they fly through the air and smash into the ground. You can grappling hook onto the Titan who's flying through the air. They can pull you across the map, they slam into the ground, then you land right next to them and can, like, start fighting. So, and it's going to be like. And you can grappling hook anywhere. So like even on the, cool. even in the old maps. So they're going to be able to get to new places and new things. It's going to be a whole. It, I, I'm really excited for what the grappling hooks are going to do for your ability to navigate around the world. So yeah, I, I'm really curious what cool stuff they're going to do with that. We'll see. But yeah, everyone's Spider Man. Everyone's Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Yeah, everyone. Everyone's Spider Man now. Yeah, that's what. And that's why they made the city look like this because they wanted that verticality to move uh, around. So it's not just like everything's flat. Um, because you can Spider-Man around now wherever you want. So yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah, that's exciting. I ho- I hope it's good. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, thanks. I'm excited. <coughs> I think I wonder if the next expansion after night light Lightfall will be Dark Rise. Mm. That'd be cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know why. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this is a bad joke. Uh, next one is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Yeah. Uh, both of us played it. I think both of us enjoyed it. Yeah, very good. Um, I feel like Cal is probably the the most interesting Jedi lately that i've had interest in in any kind of medium um like i i don't know nothing against ray as a character but just it was just mishandled so poorly i feel at the end of the series like i actually watched someone play a little bit of um star wars lego star wars the skywalker saga and like in the title intro ray's at the top of this little pillar or top of this little pyramid of all the characters and i was like why is ray at the top, and Luke's just kind of chilling at the like in the middle. Like, why is Luke at the middle, yeah. or why is why is Invader at the top? Like, it's just it, it was just weird to me. So I feel like in the in the most recent additions to the Star Wars lore, Cal Kestis is just so much more interesting than most of the other Jedi's we've, we've met. Like more interesting than than Rey, and more interesting than uh, Kylo Ren or whoever. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm really excited to see where they take his story, and I'm really excited to know more about this character they keep kind of showing off. That's in the the recovery tube thing. <laughs> back my, to my tank. Star Wars lore and thank you. You you have you have bested me in Star Wars lore, Ryan. You didn't yeah. have the title. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the back to tank. I want. I'm very curious. And they, they didn't force him to wear the embarrassing like uh, tidy whitey <laughs> thing yeah. in, the, in the tank. So you must know he's cooler than yeah, the most characters. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And he has no arm. For some reason, that makes him cooler too. I think he's missing an arm. I thought he was a clone of Cal, but I don't think that's the case. I think he's someone totally different. So. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? Any? I'm very excited. Uh, Fallen Order was very good. It was like created this really interesting Star Wars world, and I was like fine with that being the end. I think of that story. I'm curious to see where they're going to take it to make the stakes more interesting because I think what made that first game so compelling is like it was you against the world and you're like slowly clawing your way back to have like a group of people who you trust and that you did this thing and then um, I'm really curious to see how they're going to make that as engaging in another story because I think it's going to have to be more complicated it can't be as simple as just survive although I guess name of the game is survivors we'll see but um i think that jokes on you yeah i know the tension that comes from like being hunted in like you're running all the time is more visceral than like we gotta get the mcguffin to the thing because of the thing right that's just not as compelling as 
everyone yeah. is hunting you have to survive how are you going to survive and maybe they'll be able to pull that off but um i'm a little nervous about that but i, I trust that it'll be a good game and they'll, they'll do a good job i don't know i'm very hopeful i think it takes two two years after the oh, first okay. game yeah I just want to know where they're going to take his character. I'm really—that's what I'm most excited for for Cal. I remember when um, spoiler alert for the Mandalorian season two, yeah, season or season one. I don't remember some whatever. Some man, spoilers for the Mandalorian, whatever. <laughs> when it was kind of hinted that a Jedi was coming on board to kind of save <coughs> the Mandalorian and and uh, and Grogu, I remember a lot of people being, including myself, kind of having the idea of like this could be. This could be Cal. Yeah, he's alive. This takes place right? yeah. older after the, after the trilogy. We don't know what happened to Cal. This could totally be Cal, and obviously it was not. It was Luke, but which honestly I was a little disappointed. I think it'd be so cool for Cal to be his. His he looks the, I mean the yeah. the actor that plays Cal. They they used his likeness. He he literally it looks like. So I f- I feel like there is a good chance they're setting that Disney is setting this up to have Cal be included into a live action something. Yeah. I would, I just would be. He looks so much more because because Hal in the first game is younger than I think his actual actor is, but now in the game looks just they look just like they look like the same age, everything. So I would just be really surprised if they didn't use his actor in real life for some kind of Star Wars project. Yeah, maybe I'll so, show up in the. We'll see. Who knows? That oh man, that'd be so cool. That'd be so cool. I think that that's the kind of thing that's the, they're going to start doing now. That would probably push the the medium even more if they started to. Like they did with Ahsoka, actually. She's the perfect example, where she was the cartoon version of herself. Uh, she's the cartoon version of herself, right? And then, now they brought her live action, and like it's working so well. People love it. And I think Cal could be the next person that, that transcends the, the medium. So, I'm excited. I, I can't wait. And I'm just going to be back in that mode of, well, gosh, what lightsaber color do I want to pick? <laughs> I'm more about the green now. Yeah. I actually kind of like green Green's more good. than blue. Color. Green's a good color. Yeah. Green's a good color. Invokes happiness. Yeah, definitely. So, okay. <laughs> uh, next one. Uh, is, is, I guess, can I take this one? Sure, please cool? do. Yeah, I think... He, do you want to start with it? Do, I, you want, do you want to start? I can start, but you are, yeah. I think, more excited about this than I am. But that is okay. Uh, it's not a competition. It's not a competition. That's right. The next one is uh, Legend of the Tears of the Kingdom, the follow-up to probably before Elden Ring came out, I think probably the most well-received game that has ever came out, which is Breath of the Wild, right? Um, yeah. And there could be an argument made about that whole thing. But, like... I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is sequel has been, like, long-awaited. It has been... Every single year is the most anticipated game because people loved Breath of the Wild so much and it was so successful that I'm really curious to see how they're going to take that. I mean, I think Nintendo has a really good track record with Legend of Zelda. They don't really swing and miss with it very often or, or ever that I can really think of, except maybe like some of the DS games, but those are also very fun and good. So They were, yeah. I, it, it's really exciting. I'm really excited to see where this goes and how this plays next. I mean, this was the game that... Um, my partner this was like her first game and she like absolutely fell in love with it so i think it's going to be something that we're going to buy day one and she's probably going to be playing it and i'm going to be watching because i think she's going to be so excited that's cool yeah um so i'm I'm, i think it'll be very fun and very good and i'm curious to see where the story goes because the story of the first one kind of you had to spend some time and it wasn't it wasn't super complex but you had to spend some time to get there um and i'm curious to see where they're going to go next i'm so excited for tears (laughs) of the kingdom and i think that I'm not positive this is true. I'm pretty sure this is true. Between Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom is the biggest gap of having a no Zelda releases uh, since, I don't even know when. I think it's, it's been the longest gap of, of no Zelda, which is wild because a lot of people compared it. Uh, we don't get a lot of direct sequels in Zelda games. That just doesn't happen often. Um, the first time was was Majora's Mask from Ocarina of Time. And what 
what's so interesting about that that situation is that Majora's Mask was, Majora's Mask was created, I believe, it was roughly nine months of development, less than a year, or roughly a year's time, because they used the assets of Ocarina of Time, and but it did so well. Majora's Mask is like very critically acclaimed and, and beloved. Obviously, I talk about it way too much in this podcast, <laughs> but I think when when Tears of the King was announced in 2019, I think people were expecting it in 2020 because. I mean, it looked like he was using all the assets of Breath of the Wild, and you know, and a lot, and he was using the same map. People were confirming from the trailers that it was the same maps of Hyrule, even though obviously it's going to be a little different with so many little pieces of island in the sky and and whatnot. But I I feel like there's a good chance because it's taken so long to release or come out that there's more. There's gonna be more to this game than we realize. I I a lot of people again are are making the comparison of. Tears of the Kingdom to Majora's Mask as Breath of the Wild is talk of time. Tears of the Kingdom is obviously, it, it, from the trailers itself, from the very first trailer of, them, of Link and Zelda walking underground and finding the corpse of what seems to be Ganondorf, it, it already seems darker, much like Majora's Mask was to Ocarina of Time. There is a huge part of me that is hoping that this is that darker sequel that takes it in a weird direction. And we already kind of see that, right? There's already speculation of this taking uh the time travel that links is time traveling to the past which is where all the islands are in the sky as it was in um uh oh man skyward sword. a super fan in skyward sword thank you i was panicking uh skyward sword thank you yeah. um ryan you are now the super fan i will earn it back it on there. that's all <laughs> um yeah it, it parallels the skyward sword and like the jumping down and everything so regardless the point is that i think zelda tears of the kingdom has so much more in store for it especially narratively i feel like there's going to be parallels to it and i'm curious what nintendo thinks it will do to the timeline is if it does connect to Skyward Sword, it's going to make the timeline all wonky again. Even though the timeline is, is really just a, a crafted thing that was made after the games, like they, to try to make sense of it all. Like Breath of the Wild is like at the end of every game, which makes no sense. Um, but you never know. Maybe they put it there because they want Tears of the Kingdom to make it make sense. I don't know. The point is, is that like, I'm just, Tears of the Kingdom, man. I think it's going to be the, the, the game of the year. I, I'm calling it right now because it's just, I don't know. But then again, it has it has so much hype right now that it has just and that's a scary thing with with a lot of hype comes a a lot of potential to not meet expectations which is which is rough and that's on honestly on the consumer expectations to be at a a good level but it's also very hard when breath of the wild did amazing so we'll see we'll see i would love to see what happens i would love to see if gandorf somehow becomes a good guy like many are speculating um i would love for it to pull from the narrative thread of uh well, uh, spoilers for Skyward Sword. Ryan, have you played Skyward Sword? No, I have not. All right, I'm about to spoil something for That's you okay. that we'll eventually get to. Uh, at the end of Skyward Sword, Demise is the main bad guy who who curses Link to a, a life, to forever, I know, buddy, to forever re- be reborn. Him, Link, and Zelda to forever be reborn to fight each other through the centuries. So because of Link's fight with this character named Demise, Demise curses them all to, to keep re- being reborn to fight each other, which is why Link is always fighting Gandorf, because Gan- Gandorf is the reincarnation of Demise. They're always fighting each other, going through that. So I would love to see that thread, that narrative thread from the beginning of Skyward Sword to play in Tears of the Kingdom and have some kind of payoff there. Like, let's see Demise come back. Let's let's talk more about that. Let's see what, if Gandorf can have, you know, some redemption or something. I would love for that to happen. But again, that's also building up my hype, and I should probably rein it back in a little bit. So anyway, very excited for it. We'll see what happens. Um... All right, the next one. I think, right? Are you excited for the next one? Suicide Squad. 
Yeah. No, no, I don't nothing. I, I, we left it on the list. So the next one is Suicide Squad: Kill the Justice League. Is one of those games that like I'm just not, I'm not excited for like I was with the Arkham series. Um, and a part of me is sad too because this is this is Kevin uh, Conroy's last role as Batman. And granted, they didn't know he's going to pass away, so this is nothing against the developer or anything like that. It's just kind of a sad happenstance because Batman is clearly bad in this game as in the last trailer we saw at the game trailers where he kills somebody so like it just feels like a weird send-off for Kevin he's such a he's probably he's the iconically the the most recognizable Batman voice um just from the 90s cartoon and everything that in and beyond everything he did in the Arkham series I don't know I just not super thrilled about this game and I but it, it looks like it has a really deep narrative so we'll see. I don't think it has any connection to the Arkham series. At least I hope not. That'd be really, really weird. But I'm hopeful that this this comes out and it's much better than I'm anticipating or has much deeper narrative threads than I'm expecting. Because I just, I, I don't really see it right now, but you never know. It could be, it's one of those ones that's a toss-up. I feel it's, it's a 50-50 toss-up right now. It's been in development for so long. Like since, since Arkham came out, which is like 2014, I think, something like that. Or it was announced 2014, I think it came out in 15, something like that. So it's been in development for a long time. So we'll see. I don't know. Batman games have not had the best luck lately, I feel like. Uh, Gotham Knights not, I mean, it could have done better than I thought, but I really feel like I didn't hear a lot of good things about it. So we'll see. I think also people were really stuck on the fact that it was not a continuation of Arkham, the Arkham series. It's an, it was its own thing, so... I don't know. We'll see. I'm I'm hopeful, but again, you never know. So, is what it is. Meh. Such a downer. Ryan, <laughs> I think yeah. you probably know way more about this than I do because I've never sure. actually played one of these. So. <laughs> sure. Yeah, so the next one is an, another kind of mixed excitement. Um, is Diablo 4. It is a game that has been in development for quite some time. Diablo 3 was a game I played a ton. The story of Diablo is really interesting in that it is a lot about, like, choices and fate and and human suffering and like how we deal with those things um diablo 2 was it was kind of like a dark grim um it is a gothic game about angels and demons fighting um and diablo 3 was continued that story but it was a little bit lighter a little bit less intense and this one looks really intense so this one is picking off right where the last one left off so in the story of diablo there diablo is the devil he is like the greatest primeval and he is in a constant endless war with the angels and so on and so forth and we uh the humans between are just kind of stuck and then the half gods uh who are the player characters are called the nephilim not important but um, essentially, uh, this game is picking off where the other one left, which is in a really wild spot where spoilers for Diablo 3, Diablo. So at the end of the game, Leah, who is like your is like the main character of Diablo 3, gets like the devil's soul sucked inside of her. It's a whole complicated oh, mess. Wow. But she is now like in charge of the infernal armies and a lot of the other um, primevals have been killed by us as players. Um, so, and a lot of the story of Diablo three is playing around with like, Hey, maybe the angels aren't that great. They're kind of shitty sometimes too. Um, so it's, it's really interesting to see, um, that, that kind of conflict. And it, it, I'm, I really want to see where it goes. 
at the mm. same time. Blizzard's a mess. Yeah. And, <laughs> That's an understatement. Um, yeah. <laughs> they did not win Game of the Year then. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they did not. They're having a bad time, and they're ha- like the choices they're making aren't great. I did hear uh, the guy who like created Warcraft is going back to Blizzard, um, which is really interesting. Oh. What was his name? He was like this really dynamic, weird dude. Is um, he that made Marvel Snap? No, no, he's the he's the Hearthstone guy. Oh, that Hearthstone. I'm thinking Hearthstone. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. Which whole other thing? The last Diablo game that came out was Diablo Immortal, which was like universally hated and bad. And yeah. like you could spend, you had to spend like a hundred thousand dollars to fully upgrade things oh, in like a right. really gross way. So was, I'm not yeah. super excited about where they're going. If they just make a good Diablo game, great. That'll be good. The gameplay is fun. The narrative is good. Hopefully, they can capture that kind of dark, spooky. Diablo is at its best when it's dark and spooky. If you watch the trailer that came out, it was like really incredible, scary. Yeah. really scary. Um, so that's when I think Diablo is at its best is when it's kind of really leaning into that like dark, spooky, medieval, hellish world. And if it does that, I think it'll be it'll be really good. Blizzard, even as all the terrible things they've they are dealing with has always, at least in my time, told some of the best stories and had some of the best cinematics out there. So I'm really hopeful that they, they are able to pull it together with this game. It's been a development. Diablo Mortal was the one, too, that... Uh, well, I don't know the guy's name, but uh, he was on stage when they announced it, and he, and he said along the lines, like, well, you all have phones, right? Yeah, he was booed. So awkward. was coming out for the phone, and he was booed, and he was like, what are you guys doing? You all have phones, don't you? Yeah, it was a, it was a whole oh. thing. Yeah, yeah, that was The writing was on the wall. Like That was before yeah. Blizzard just got destroyed. Yeah. Like yikes that's so bad i mean yeah look at the, and then like not to go into the whole blizzard uh just like bashing but st- I, I, there's so just, it's just a lot of tone death like just like how great like look at overwatch 2 like people are getting complaining about that game ever since it came out with uh, just the, the predatory practices and and the just how expensive things are like 20 dollars for a skin and nothing has changed and, just, and granted i'm sure there are plenty of consumers who are encouraging the behavior so that doesn't help um but yeah it's it's pretty wild <laughs> My dog is just not having a good day, but it's okay. Uh, he'll be fine. Um, we'll go for a very long WALK in a, in, a, in a little bit, but no, I just think it's. Uh, I'm very. Ex- I'm very curious. I've always wanted to get into Diablo. Maybe this will be the they're one I, I get into. They're very fun. They're great yeah. games. Uh, Ezreal's the one from uh, Tales of the Storm or Heroes of the Storm, right? Ez- Ezreal, the angel guy. Ezreal. Uh, yeah. Ezreal. Yeah, yeah. He was in the Tales trailer, I think. Yep. Yeah. So he is. He was like one of the last angels. Um, left after the, all, the, all the, the big old uh, I, I, the story again is, is the game came out in 2012 so the the narrative is, is barely holding together in my head yeah we're <laughs> coming up on t- quite a long time 10 years it's been 10 years we'll see uh, but it, I'm hoping it's good I'm hoping this story is interesting the gameplay of Diablo is kind of unlike games have continued to try to make something like it and, and they've done pretty good for the most part um, but I'm curious to see how it, how it plays. Um, even like Hades has some Diablo vibes in it, in the way you move yeah. the world, and the way you use abilities and, and balance things. So um, I'm I'm hopeful they've 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 done a good job in the past. Diablo three I really enjoyed, even though a lot of people didn't. Um, it still sold very well and is a great game. But we'll see about four. Uh, Eric, Final Fantasy sixteen. Tell me, yeah. is it sixteen? 16 i think 16. Yeah. it's like medieval now right isn't it it's medieval that's, that's now what, yes and i think yeah. that's exactly what i was gonna say too you you hit the nail on the head so final fantasy 15 god it's hard to keep track sometimes <laughs> yes 15 
was just not. I played fifteen. I didn't beat it. It just was my jam because it was too. It was too much of a mix Aren't of like a modern and medieval. And they weren't actually a boy band, but that was what they're yeah. compared to. Oh, just, gotcha. And and honestly, the characters are pretty cool. But yeah. I just really was not all about the car thing. I wasn't. A, it was just too. It was just. It wasn't my. It wasn't. It wasn't my Final Fantasy, which sounds so lame. Right? <laughs> but I mean, people loved it, and good for them. Sixteen is more of a of a send off to or send back to the medieval times where uh, you, from what I understand, I don't know a whole lot about, it, but what I understand, like people, there are certain individuals who harbor the essence of summons. So like the main character harbors the essence of Ifrit. And he, he contemplates if he's truly in control of it or not. And some parts of the world, they're, they're like, revered. And other parts, they're, they're hunted. So, like, it's, it's a very interesting tale of, like, acceptance and, and stuff like that. So, it could be really cool. I'm really, I'm curious. I don't know if I'll get it or not. There's definitely a story there. Every Final Fantasy has a, a pretty decent story, at least. Um, so, I don't know. I'm hopeful. I, it has a, a lot of hype behind it. So, I'm, as, as most Final Fantasies do. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I kept on the list just because, like, yeah, you yeah, never know. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's another Final Fantasy that's coming out that I, I feel much more uh, excited for, but we'll get to that one in a little bit. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. Next is Alan Wake 2. Yeah. Did you ever play Alan Wake 1, Ryan? I didn't play Alan Wake. I have seen an entire playthrough of Alan Wake and its mm-hmm. DLC. So I know I know the, the arc of the story okay. and all the things that happen. Um, what an interesting, interesting game. It is. And, yeah. 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 Talk about narrative, literally. Yeah. Spoiler alert is is a narrative. The narrative is the narrative. If that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and 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 now you know again more spoilers. And now I mean though I didn't beat it. I know that he's in control. Like the the story of control plays into the 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 reason why Alan Wake is what it is. The world of Alan Wake is what it is. And I think you know now ties into Alan Wake too. So. Um, it'll be interesting, and now that Remedy's kind of connecting all these things together into making one cohesive like universe, which is kind of cool. Um, but we'll see. I, I didn't beat Control. I, I fell off of it. I just couldn't stay on it. But I'm sure with the uh, if they say you should beat Control to really get the most out of Alan Wake Two, that would push me to want to go back and beat <laughs> yeah. it more. Did yeah. you beat Control, or did you play Control, Ryan? No, I didn't touch Control. It it looks it looks very cool. <laughs> um, but no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, Ryan, it's, yeah, it's too go. bad we don't have our good friend here to talk about this. I know, this, but, only they were um, here. Yeah, but our next one is, please go ahead. You, you, please yeah, the you, next one the is Baldur's you. Gate 3, uh, long-awaited sequel to Baldur's Gate 2. Um, very exciting. It's made by Larian Studios, who did not make the original Baldur's Gate, but they made um, Divinity Original Sin, which is one of the best games, the best RPG games to ever come out. It is such a fun game. Great to play with people, great to play by yourself, just an all-around, like, doesn't take itself too seriously. The things you can do in that game is incredible, and the narrative is really interesting. And Baldur's Gate 3 starts off in a really cool place. There are these creatures called Mind Flayers, really iconic creatures in Dungeons & Dragons, and how they reproduce is they put a little larva in your head and Ugh. it eventually erupts and uh, oh. you become a mind flare. So at the is very that... start of the game, you are uh-huh. captured and one is put in your nose. So you have a ticking time bomb <gasps> oh. of at some point, if you don't oh. deal with this, you are going to die and be brought back as a mind flare. And that is like the setup of the story, um, which is a really great place to start. And 
the thing about um, Baldur's Gate and the thing about um, the uh, Divinity games is it's kind of like a cast of characters. You can make your own character. They're really good. They're interesting. But the really cool thing is it will come with a set of characters who have their own stories, have their own quest lines, have their own things they're excited about. And how they all intertwine into the overall narrative is always very, very good. Uh, and I'm excited for more Baldur's Gate. And they just announced that Minsk is coming back and his wife's by Matt Mercer, <gasps> oh, which is right. very exciting. By Matt uh, Mercer. By Matt Mercer. Yeah. So very exciting. Got a big voice actor for that. And uh, and also he just, he loves Baldur's Gate and D&D. Obviously he, he makes a that living makes sense. playing D&D. Uh, but yeah, that's very exciting. Minsk is such an incredible character. I'm excited to have him back and where he's going to fit in in this because... As far as I'm aware, there is no direct connection between this game and Baldur's Gate 3. The ball spawn two, isn't... Two, yeah, sorry. Yeah. The ball spawn isn't mentioned as far as I'm aware, but I haven't played it. It's been in early access, but I haven't touched it because I'm going to wait until it comes out um, this year. Um, but I'm really excited, especially now knowing what we know about Baldur's Gate from the incredible story yes. told by our good friend. I'm, I'm excited to see Baldur's Gate 3, what they do. Uh, Larian Studios is an incredible game studio that makes some really good stuff haven't played divinity go play it it's amazing um just like you can do anything in that world and it's the freedom that that game allows you gives me so much hope for a game that is D because D is a game about freedom i'm really excited to see it. you can just do anything you can go talk to anybody you can kill anybody you can like go off the path you can like jump everywhere you can pick anything up it's really cool in the way you interact with the world and i'm excited to see uh how they bring that to D that that Baldur's gate world so i'm very excited about Baldur's Gate 3. Um, I think it'll be a great story. I think I think they've got a really good hook of the Mind Flayers, and I'm, I'm curious to see where it That's so cool. That, are they the, are the Mind Flayers the ones that look like Chitulu? Uh, yeah, the tentacle, yeah. yeah, the tentacle face okay. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think I'm probably saying it wrong, but yeah. That's, yeah, you're not <laughs> scared. But yeah, yeah, they're very, very iconic bad guys in Dungeons & Dragons, and uh, they're great bad guys because they're just real spooky and they do terrible stuff. That's, that sounds literally the idea of a monster going on my nose as a ticking time on just makes me cringe so hard. <laughs> yeah, that just yeah. Literally off. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Ryan, I know we're both excited for the next oh, one. Oh, man. Eric, I know you said Tears of the Kingdom might be the game of the year, but I can't imagine. You're right. We'll see. We'll see. We'll cross everything. I mean, if it, it comes out, if right? It so comes this one's. Out. A- that's true. This th- yeah. there is a good chance that this could not come out until 2024 very easily. I'd be okay with that. Um, it, yeah. But we'll see. So the game we are referring to is the amazing Hades 2. <laughs> yeah. Uh, already, the, the, I mean, you talk about hype. Oh, my God. Like, for like this one's going to be so hyped based on Hades, uh, the first Hades, and just how magical that game was. And, like, talk about, like, just how great, not only was that game great, great for just replayability based on the, the gameplay, but the story element they yeah. did, how they wove that into how every death meant something in some way, whether it was powering you up or just advancing the story. They just, I mean, Supergiant Games is just is such a master at everything that they do. Hades 2 is just going to be, I'm so excited. I'm excited already. They did a great job with the trailer to just entice you with who is this character, how are they related to Zagreus and Hades, you know, why were they never present in the first game? Um, and all these things are happening. And I'm just, I, I cannot, oh, I cannot wait to get back to that world. I literally have a Hades 2 poster behind me. You can't see it very well, right? I can only see Zagreus's feet, but it doesn't matter. The point is that it's, it's just, it's so, Zelda and uh, Hades 2 are probably my, my two most anticipated games of the year. I just, I think, Ryan, you said that Hades 2 comes out in, uh, in, um, the early access, I think, was early February. Access. 
I thought. February, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And I and I'm again as someone who did early access with Hades one, um, I really enjoyed it. I can see why people would want to wait and just experience the whole thing. But as a game that is so much fun for replayability, it just it never. I played probably over 200 hours of that game. I would play one hour a day when it first like in early access. I would just play and then I'd fall off. But then the new update would come out, and I would just get so hyped about it again. And the game, I would just repeatedly would just regain my hype for over and over and over. And so I enjoyed it for much longer than I probably would if I just had it all in one chunk. So I, when it does come out in early access, I will be there day one. I am so excited for it. It'll be it'll be fun. I wish I wish we can cover Hades one. Maybe we could one day, but it yeah, would be so hard. <laughs> it would a be a tough one. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't talk like Zagreus. I don't think either of us father. Yeah. Yeah, I can do it. There's no way. It'll we'll see. It takes a practice, yeah. It'd be so hard. Ryan, what are, you, are, you, are you excited? Just, I yeah. know you are, but yeah. Yeah, of course. Very excited. I think Hades captured this really special magic of, like you said, gameplay and narrative in this incredible way. And getting to spend more time in that world and with those characters who are very well written, very well voice acted, and are all interesting and complex is exciting. Um, and just to see where they take it because it ended in like a pretty satisfying place. Yeah. Like the game ended in a way that was like, okay, this everybody kind of ended in a happy place. To see where they take it to rebuild up that tension or to add some new conflict is going to be really interesting. Um, and I think um, they've already hinted at some of that, but I'm, I'm really curious to see how they get there. I would, here's my, th- here's my thought. I just had this theory as you're talking, right? I kind of like brought this thing. I would not be surprised if Hades 2 was a prequel to Hades 1 in the sense that we don't know about her because of whatever happens in this game that leads to Zagreus' birth, which leads to all these things. It's like My thought is, like, where is Zagreus in all this? Or maybe he's a bad guy somehow being manipulated in this whole thing. Or he's trying to find, he's trying to save Hades, which coincides with, I I'm, I'm, don't know her name yet, the main character's name, uh, I just I, I want to know. That's my biggest question: is like where's where's Zacharias and all this? I'm that's for, from a narrative thread that is so interesting to me. Um, yeah, so we'll see. I think the only other direction you could take it would be to put Z- like either Zacharias is the villain or Zacharias is who we are. Why we are doing this, right? Like take somebody who a character that the players love and let's put them in danger and we have to save them. Um, yeah, I think that's the, another route you could go as to why Zagreus where Zagreus is like Zagreus is the one who's being held like is who we're trying to rescue or something. I think it's Hades. I think they, they, oh, is it? she they says, said it was. Yeah, at the end of the trailer she says, "Don't worry, father, I'm coming for you" or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I think I think we know that Kronos um Kronos is has captured Hades. Cuz he says like you can't you can't beat time or you can't kill time or something like that. Yeah, so, I think Kronos might be his dad. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah, I think Kronos is a titan. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting. I know we saw like Apollo in the trailer, and we see some demigods. I know there's one one character that Arrow's been making fan art for. I forget her name. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, just super excited. super yeah. excited for Hades. I, I literally February cannot come soon enough. So I am very excited for that. Uh, next we have Marvel Spider Man Two. Mm-hmm. I, I think a game that you just knows would be good. Um, yeah, yeah. A game where like. Spider-Man 1, spoiler alert, the ending made me cry so hard when our <laughs> beloved aunt dies, our Aunt May dies. Uh, and and, and, and so, so unexpected, right? Like, who who saw that coming? And it was a story where it wasn't like an amazing story by any means. It was a good Spider-Man story, but that ending really tied it 
together in the perfect way. Um, my dog is crying because he's remembering the incident as well. <laughs> he's also uh, sad. <laughs> um, but like, it, I I'm curious where it's going to go. I think the what I've heard is that the voice uh, throughout the trailer for the new for Spider-Man Two, the the trailer is a uh, Craven, the Hunter. Um, and uh, but we know that that Venom's in it as well. So like, will he be a playable character? How will that get into the story? Like Craven and, and Venom are two pretty beloved. I mean Venom especially, but Craven's also a pretty beloved character in the Spider-Man mythos. So it'll be really cool to see what happens with that. So yeah, uh, Ryan, what are your thoughts? You you played Spider-Man, right? You, Miles I also. played Miles Morales. Oh, Ryan, did I spoil that for you? I'm so sorry. That's okay. That's all right. That's no, okay. No, Ryan, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I mean, you, you also you also said it for anybody listening. But, but you said you were going to. It's really I'm okay. I'm sorry. I should have asked first. I thought, for some reason, <laughs> I thought you played it. No, oh, it's okay. Man. No, it's okay. It's so um, awful. No, it's fine. Um, I mean... I'm lying. <laughs> I'm a huge liar. It, I mean, if Aunt May is, like, the main narr- like character that... He, it, it's not super surprising. That is, like, again, if you're going to pull on emotions, you... Know, you're yeah. purple important to spider-man i am excited i am i was really hoping it would be co-op when i saw the trailer but i think it, it, that might be Not. really hard to pull off in yeah. that type of game and with the story they want to tell um insomniac i trust to do a great job uh miles morales was a really incredible game just moving around that world was fun and the the narrative of you know learning from this other spider-man and have seeing how they're dealing with what's going on in their lives and miles doing what's going on in his lives was really engaging and interesting so i'm excited to see where that goes yeah yeah right i feel really bad i'm so sorry. no it's really okay i should ask if i can spoil something first that's really um, okay <laughs> but yeah we'll see we'll see yeah um, we'll see. it'll be interesting but yeah uh next is redfall from the developers of the arcane studio who made dishonored and prey um I don't know about you, Ryan. I, I love Dishonored and Prey. Dishonored is one of my favorite video game series. Just I love I love being a stealthy, a stealthy guy, being all stealth like, not killing anybody, thinking I'm better than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but Redfall is a huge turn from what they normally do. It is. It's like an open world, RPG e like game where you like go to these locations on a map, and I mean. I'm excited. This this world feels interesting. It feels like a New England island town, which yeah. feels cool and interesting. Um, or Pacific Northwest also could, would fit that vibe. That's I think, true. Pretty well. That's true. Um, but I'm I'm I I am excited for what Arcane is going to do here. I'm hoping they can thread the needle of making it fun and engaging in groups like Left for Dead or Back for Blood, but also make it interesting and fun if you don't have those groups to play with like it can also be a single player experience i'll be interesting to see how they work that out i think the idea of this like small sleepy town overrun by vampires is interesting and the set pieces are very cool there's a lot of narrative i think told for some of the set pieces that i'm 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 really excited for for redfall it's one of my most anticipated games i think um hoping that it's it's going to be good i i'm I'm excited for a a first person shooter co-op game to kind of capture that same kind of enjoyment I got from like Borderlands 2, right? Like yes, this this yeah. co-op game that is very good and satisfying and has like a good gameplay loop, is interesting, the the story's good. So we'll see. We'll see. It is it is a big change from their usual single player narrative game. Yeah. I I I think you made a good point, Ryan. I think that I I'm really hoping it's going in the same not the same vein, but just in the same experience enjoyment as borderlands 2 rather than back for blood 
not saying that Back for Blood was bad by any means, but I was just for me it was forgettable, and I hate and I feel bad saying that, but like, and and, and plus I was never a huge I was never a huge Left for Dead two fan. It was it was fun, but I don't. It was never like I needed to play that game. It was only if like other people wanted to play that game. One of our friends wants to play, and I'll jump in and play that. But um, I'm really hoping Redfall is that game that mixes the what there's what what arcane is so good at with dishonored and prey and has amazing narrative and amazing gameplay into into a world where it's mostly projectile first person shooter which is the realm that never really have gone in before right like dishonored you have a, a pistol but it only shoots like two bullets at a time to either reload it so like it's gonna be or you know and prey and prey granted is a, a kind of a first person shooter that they did a really good job at is more of a I don't know. I mean, it kind of actually is actually similar to Redfall. Yeah, same I guess. with yeah. um. Uh, what's the game that ju- they just just came out? It wasn't by this oh, studio. Oh, uh, Deathloop. Duh, Deathloop, yeah, right. right? Yeah, a uh, first-person yeah, yeah. game where you're moving through a world. It'll be interesting to see how they how they make it work. Yeah, I mean, Deathloop did a great job of incorporating the the narrative elements in a really unique situational yeah. world where it was a first-person shooter. So, I mean. You know, actually talking about like this is maybe actually way more hopeful for Redfall. Not that I didn't think it was, not that I wasn't <laughs> yeah. hopeful, but more more uh, enthusiastic. I think it's that's that's exciting. I just love Arcane so much. Like they just do such great jobs, and I, I uh I we I got to cover Dishonored on this on this podcast one day because I love the story of Dishonored so much. Uh, so good, so good. Next is yeah, the we'll uh much awaited uh <laughs> apparently they've confirmed that it's coming out 2023 uh oh, yeah. or early late q1 or q2 i can't remember like half, okay, early, first half of the year i think it's i think i heard march okay yeah and that game is Re- starfall star i almost said, starfield. I almost said redfall oh so, it's, oh see i almost said redfall <laughs> starfield not starfall i mean i think yeah. starfall is kind of a cooler name than starfield in retrospect whatever yeah um Todd Howard, you can have the name if you want to. I'll give it to you. Just make sure you give me credit. Um, yeah. yeah, Starfield. I, I, I mean, I'm just jumping really fast, Ryan. Yeah, I am not. I, I will likely look at previews of it and check it out, but I don't know if this is a game I'm super driving with. It's going to yeah. have a narrative yeah, for sure. For sure. Fallout have always had, and Sirens have always had narratives, and they do yeah. pretty good jobs on those. Um, some better than others, of course, but for sure. Um, Starfield just is not hitting. It's like a weird Mass Effect game to me, and yeah. not. I don't know. I think, but I was. I keep saying it. Fallout Four just did not click for me. I was not right. a big Fallout Four person. That. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it super much. Super much. A lot. Um, but I'm. I'm really hoping. I'm. I'm surprised that I'm wrong. I hope Starfield is great and it's a lot of fun and enjoyable. We'll see. It's been a while since we saw anything. I'm really surprised we did not see anything at the Game Awards for them. Um, it, actually, in Redfall as well, we didn't see anything from Xbox at the Game Awards, which is a huge shame. But um, but hopefully that just means that Xbox is preparing for their own conference soon to kind of just like showcase, hey, here's everything coming in 2023, and just kind of blow us away that way. But we'll see. I don't know. What are your thoughts on on Starfield? Yeah, it's 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 complicated. I I enjoyed Fallout Four. Um, I even enjoyed uh, Fallout seventy six for a little bit. I think it was mm. a fun it was a fun game, especially like with with friends. It's like uh, playing Fallout with other people is surprisingly very fun. I feel like they're trying to capture that hype and excitement of when Skyrim came, Skyrim came out. And I just don't have enough faith in them to do it, to be honest, because I think they have... A, Bethesda had, puts out some really good games, but they sometimes have a hard time putting out games that like can, are, are not held together by tape. And I think like the scope of this game 
the more they talk about the scope, the more worried I am that they can pull it off because they struggled to put together like Fallout 4. I love that game. I played it a ton, but it was buggy as heck. It was yeah, like there was super a, buggy. It was, it was a mess, especially at release. So I I just I do not envision a world in which Starfield doesn't come out and is a buggy mess and everyone kind of hates on it. And then like a year later, they get its act together and then everyone enjoys it. But I, I, I don't imagine at release it's going to be able to capture that same. Because, like, when Skyrim came out, it was, like, the biggest thing ever, right? It was it was huge. Um, and I think they're trying to recapture that. I just don't know if, if it's going to do it. Um, we'll see. I, I, I generally like the stories they tell in their games. Um, I think Fallout 4 had a somewhat interesting story. I think New Vegas had a better story, but it still had a somewhat interesting story. Um, and I think um, the, you know, Morrowind and, and Skyrim they have okay stories they're they're the worlds are interesting um the 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 best stories in those games are oftentimes the side stories because the big stories are a little bit too big to handle but we'll see I I'm, I'm hopeful but uh I, I don't have any faith that it's gonna be successful <laughs> I just yeah. and this thing about I mean it just gives me Fallout 4 vibes and it could again it could just totally be me it could be be me my my animals are surrounding me and it's, it's getting worse um it could just be me um I just don't I don't know it just really takes me out of the experience so I but again I'm just gonna try to keep my expectations low because if I if it meets them then whatever that was my expectations and if not then that's a happy surprise so um but yeah we'll see I I don't know but Todd Howard is a very good developer so I we all and we're only human so Fallout 4 maybe just didn't reach where he thought it was going to go and maybe that's why they're taking so long Starfield's been developing again for quite a long time so hopefully Hopefully they've learned from Fallout 4 and that they they take that and they just build upon those things with Starfield. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Last one on the list. uh, And I think this is more of a me thing. Okay. Um, And that that is uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. So I, I talked about this in the podcast a while ago. I started Final Fantasy Remake when it first came out, and then I fell off of it, because I was like, eh, it's just Final Fantasy VII. And it was great. The graphics are amazing. It was cool seeing the characters talk to each other. But again, it's it's this game from Japan, which is great, but the dialogue is a little bit weird, right? Like, from translating it over, it's a little cringy at times. It's a little just a little too much, and it takes me out of it. But then I was like, no, I kept hearing such great things about it. I kept hearing, like, how it's different, in some way but people couldn't talk about why so that the intrigue brought me back and here's a big spoiler warning right this game i spoil this this game a little bit okay i've learned yeah, my fine. lesson i'll ask first <laughs> that's okay um, I've, i probably won't play these games they're i'm sure they're very good but i'm just they're good them. yeah but but uh so the big thing about final fantasy final fantasy 7 remake is that it is not final fantasy from the game before it's actually final fantasy from an alternate universe it's a it's a side world where the characters are realizing that they are that their their trajectory that they're supposed to be going on is being altered in some way, shape, or form. So the path they're supposed to be taking, that's Final Fantasy VII, is now being altered, where they realize that there's fate has been has been pulling the strings of of the story, and so at the end of the game they kill essentially fate, and so now it's all up in the air. So characters that should be dead aren't dead, characters that should be alive are not alive, and now we don't know who to trust. And so from the trailer, in, in Rebirth's trailer, you hear Cloud, the main character, talking to Aerith, who, at this point, you everyone should know, Aerith is the tragic character who gets killed in Final Fantasy VII. Yes, yeah, super stabbed, right? And you hear Cloud talk to her about, he's having these visions, and she's like, do you not trust me? Because, like, 
you think that this isn't like you think something's supposed to happen and I'm alive so you just don't trust me now or something along those lines so like now you know people's relationships are being hurt because everything's shifting and what you see at the very end of the trailer is uh, everyone's already seen this so whatever but the main inspiration for Cloud in his demeanor and his look is based on a character named Zack. And Zack was supposed to die. He's dead in the beginning of Final Fantasy VII. And it has a whole other implications, but we've seen in Rebirth's trailer, Zack is alive and carries Cloud back to Midgar. So we don't know what that means, if he's alive, what what's happening with that. And granted, I've not played the DLC yet, so I could be missing something still. I need to go back and play that. But um, I'm very excited to see what Rebirth does to the story of Final Fantasy VII, how it makes it new again, in a way that people who had never enjoyed the series can enjoy it and try to piece together what was supposed to happen and whatnot, and for new players to experience Final Fantasy VII in a whole way they never expected. It was such a cool twist to realize that the ending of Final Fantasy VII, a remake, was not what it was supposed to be, you know. And it was just so it's it's gonna be really cool to see what happens. It's I don't know, and I'm very curious. The biggest question for me is what they're gonna do with Sephiroth, because I feel like Sephiroth's gonna play a very different role in this game in some way, shape, or form, from being the bad guy to maybe being someone potentially different. So we'll see. I don't know. It's it's exciting. It's it's pretty exciting to see what happens. I would love to see something just totally radical and different happen um, that just redefines the story of Final Fantasy VII. But we'll see. I don't know. It's it'll be interesting. I'm very excited for it. I think that's it. I think that's our list right now. Yeah. Yeah. For now, we'll see. I mean, the thing is, is like every single year, uh, I'm excited for games, and then a game comes out like Oprah Din or the Case of the Golden Idol. That is like I just enjoy or Inscription, right? That yeah did not plan for, but ends up being like this incredible experience. So I'm also excited for like the next Lucas Pope game or like the next game by one of those folks because every year those sneak up on me. But still, it's good to get excited for these games because they're going to be good. Yeah, I think they're going to be good. I think that this is going to be a stacked year. I'm excited. Like you're saying, Ryan, like I'm excited for all the games I don't know about yet that are that just blow me away. Like it could be a, like like the Hades but before I realized how good Hades was or, uh, you know, like a, I can't even think of anything right now. I saw a trailer for something called Solar Ash that apparently is really good. I think it got released last year, though. But just like, you know, you never know when a game's going to pop out and it's just like, whoa, that's like that totally grips you. And it's like, I need to play that now. So I'm excited to see what 2023 has to bring. I'm really proud of us, Ryan. Because not, I don't think we ever messed up saying 2023 instead of 2022. It. Yeah, really we've got it us. down. Mm-hmm. I will write down 2022 for the next two months <laughs> instead of 2023. But yeah. I'm proud of us right now in this moment. We didn't mess that up. So yeah. unless we did, then let us know. Speaking of letting us know, segue, Storygoers, <laughs> let us know what your games for 2022 were that you enjoyed the most, as well as what you're most excited for for 2023 by letting us know at tales from the cartridge at gmail.com all of the e's are threes let us know on instagram on our on our posts or by dming us or you can call or text us at 207-494-4334 we will read all those responses in a future episode remember also we have our patreon no pressure it's just a dollar a month if you're something you're interested in if you like to read our scripts for all the stories that we've done so far we're slowly adding those to the the patreon as well um and of course, we hope that you're you're happy, you're healthy, that you're doing well. Um, and here's to having a another successful year of video games. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, probably. Three cheers to nothing getting delayed. <laughs> or maybe it should. Maybe, uh, only the games well, that need to be delayed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Let, uh, how about this? Let's let's hope that no develop no publishers push developers to release any games earlier than they should. Yeah. Games yeah. should come out when, when they are supposed to. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, 
Thank you so much for listening, everybody. <laughs> we hope you're well, and we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.